If you use the internet on a daily basis, and chances are you do, you probably don't put much thought into cybersecurity. You know, your network connections, the pages you visit, the files you download. You should be thinking about these all the time. Welcome to And Security for All. Your host is Kim Hakem. We're here to help you understand, in general terms, how and why your cybersecurity should be kept in check. Now, here is Kim Hakem. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. I'm Kim Hakem, your host. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to another, well, welcome to the first time of uh, And Security for All and all of our regular viewers. Welcome back. I hope everyone is ready for the weekend. As many of you know, I'm also the CEO of FutureCon Events. We put on cybersecurity conferences all over North America. We've been having a ton of fun being back in person at events again. We're heading to Tampa, Florida next week, and then that's followed by St. Louis, Indianapolis, Houston, all kinds of fun places. Check out our website at futureconevents.com. I would imagine within the next year, we might be coming to a city near you. We'd love to have you guys check, um, check us out and come meet us in person. A few of my team members and myself, we just got back from San Francisco for finally a annual event that many of you guys know about. It's called RSA. We had such a fun time. We saw all kinds of our friends, new friends, customers, attendees. It was so awesome to see things back to almost normal again. It's uh, kind of that funny cliche, you know, once you take something away, you don't appreciate it until you get it back. And absolutely, that's how we were feeling when we went to that event. It was really great seeing all our cyber friends back in the community again. Um, we did a small event at RSA. It was pretty fun. It was a happy hour. We partnered with a couple of our sponsors, Airgap, Achilles, uh, Progress Chef, and we had two legendary speakers there. We had John um, Kinderweg, who is the creator of Zero T Trust, and we had Dr. Uh, Chase Cunningham, who is the doctor of Zero Trust. Um, my guest, uh, both of them have been on the show before, and they're great. And my guest today, it's a perfect segue because we're going to talk about Zero Trust today. He has been a keynote speaker at a past virtual event, and we're excited to have him as our keynote speaker coming up in Indianapolis uh, July 20th. At that event, he's going to be discussing Top Gun Cyber School, Time to Rip the Band-Aid Off. We're going to chat today uh, about what does that actually mean. And I have uh, Ron Zokalski. I so hope I just said his last name right because I should know it. He's the Chief Technology Officer, Chief Information Security Officer for Lake County Government, uh, Juvenile Division Designing Solutions and Security Awareness for Current and Emerging Security Threats. He's um, big into Zero Trust. He, I'm super excited to have him on the show today. Welcome to the show, well, uh, Ron. Well, thank you, Kim. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me on your show. Um, this is, uh, I, I just saw Top Gun. So that's the kind of theme with it. And I saw a lot of similarities between uh, some of the, if some of you have seen the film, I mean, it's grossed 800 billion already, but it, there's a lot of similarities as far as leadership. I believe that a lot of the CISOs are Top Guns. They're the best of the best and they have a task in front of them. Sometimes it's more of a challenge than anything else. And what we're trying to do, um, and I've got uh, a lot of material to cover, so hopefully it's not a fire hose that's going to hit you and you drink it from that. But um, 
the biggest thing as we're all trying to protect against, as we know, as we all know, is from the uh, ransomware. That's what we're trying to stop, right? That's where it all starts. I mean, they're getting very good. Before, you know, most of the companies don't have backups. If you have backups, you know, you restore your systems, if you're lucky to do that. You're back online, you're okay. But now they're going to what's called mitigation, okay? 70% of all, 77, 70 to 90%, the last that I've seen, statistic I've seen is, sad that social engineering and phishing is causing a lot of the problem. Now they're, they're extorting your data, basically data, they call it data extortion, right? So not just shutting down your systems and holding you hostage, but they're also trying to take everything they can get. And, you know, and I, I've been in IT for quite a while. So, you know, you always warn people about using their desktop computers, but a lot of this stuff can lay dormant in the system years, you know, um, and a lot of the companies are paying. They're paying out like, um, I don't know, 80, 80, there's billions of dollars being spent and there's not uh, there's not a lot that's been done about it. But a lot of, a lot of them don't even implement their uh, backup systems because sometimes it takes up to eight months to do that, right? So um, they're just paying it. Um, so the whole goal of the ransomware part is to get people to pay. Right. So so they're getting, you know, sometimes, you know, they got key loggers in there. You don't even know they exist. You can't you haven't even found them in the system. They're recording your keystrokes. They're recording, you know, your your login, your, your passwords, your logins through the keystrokes. And this is into your private stuff. So they're just trying to extort, you know, just anything they can do to extort. So really, backups aren't 100 percent of the issue. Uh, you know, you used to save you before, but now it's gotten even worse. Um, it's obviously a human issue. Um, there's a uh, recent news that just got posted out. You've probably seen it on LinkedIn from Chase. Uh, 80% of the uh, domain-related um, Krakens have been in the past 12 months. It's, it's just be just due to the number of new domains with the IoT devices and also people. You know, there's a ton more people on. You know, they're just they're trying to do a lot of homework. So it's, it's really hard. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of the things you can do. With that. So, so since you work for the government, yes. um, and that puts you in a very vulnerable position, what, yes. what, what do you think your biggest challenge is are for the it's, government? For sector? the government side, is outdated technology. I mean, I mean, when I came here, it was I've been here six years already, and it's taken me this long to try to convince them. And we're just now going a lot of cloud-based services and. You know, they, they're, they're so anti-cloud. I mean, we're running archaic systems. You can't protect them. I mean, they don't. It, it, there's nothing that they know. They don't know the protect surface. I mean, I'm going to get into the zero trust part, but I just want to cover a little bit more on the um, um, where the risk part comes with the ransomware. It's that social engineering is huge. I've taught this. I teach at IU Indiana University part-time. I talk about social engineering all the time. I mean, they're trying to figure out everything. 99% of your risk comes from the social engineering, comes from the, you haven't patched anything and, and you haven't uh, guessable passwords and MFA, you know, multi-factor authentication. And, and there's, there, there's, a, there's a lot of different things you can do that. Um, one of the things that I recommend though is, is that to get on the CISA site and get on and get some of their alerts, I get them all the time. I mean, they're doing a pretty good job as far as informing what all the threats are. Um, out there, and ironically enough, um, our threats. Are, <laughs> it, it, it's fascinating because I've done a little, I've done a little uh, homework on the uh, 
the threats themselves, you know, they're coming from obviously, and you've everybody's seen this, it's from China, it's from it's from Russia, and it's from Iran, right? So interesting enough with the Ukraine war, and I just just a simple side note, 35 they they got one of their um uh, cruise missiles and 35% of the chips are US made now. Seriously? I mean, come on. I mean, they're using our technology. So we've actually taught them how to use our technology and they're coming back and extorting money from us. So, so what what are some of these uh, CISO sites that you were talking about? Because I'm sure sites, there's yeah. um it's uh it's there's a whole section on the uh, if you sign up for the email updates and I can send the link out. Um, it's under https public govdelivery.com slash account slash usdhs sisa slash subscriber slash new you can go around their site sisa.org um there's they have everything on the on the site in regards to phishing the types of phishing what you can do all the different threats to get to some of the threats that are coming out that you're not even aware of they're on top of it i mean it's one of the things i'm trying to i'm actually getting one of the sisa people to try uh Homeland Security to show up uh, at the event on July 20th, so they can talk about some of the actual things. I mean, we and I'll be open and honest and transparent here. We have with government. I mean, it's like it's like working the Game of Thrones, to be honest with you. Uh, those of you are familiar with that series, everybody has their own kingdom and they want to do their different things. But one of our one of our that uh, we have a prosecutor's office that actually prosecute people, so they didn't update their email email server. They got a zero patch thing. Um, that happen and we are getting spear fish like there's no tomorrow. Okay. So, uh, you know, they legitimized it. So they're trying to, and I, and the only thing that's been the saving grace is I've been online myself, blasting out every communication device that we have. I mean, that's the teacher side of me, uh, trying to make things aware besides my teams. Um, we're just trying to make this all create awareness. Um, so, you know, I watched um, this weekend, and I highly recommend it for anybody in the cyberspace, which that would be pretty much everyone listening to this. Um, it was a new series on Netflix, and I forgot. It's like the make-believe of the web or something. So interesting. There was like, there's like seven different stories and very interesting of what we have seen. These are all true stories. But one of the things that I felt like a lot of them had similarities to, because, you know, there was even a hacker on there that got, you know, stole millions of dollars from the IRS and he got out because of, you know, the failure of the um, government using stingrays to find him. And he got, a, he, he was released from prison because it, but so, and then there was, you know, some sextortion and oh, yeah. it's inter in interesting that the laws are not there to persecute, no. to prosecute. We're still behind the times and, you know, our government definitely needs to, uh, speed up what they're going to do about how they're going to penalize these criminals. And they're, they're absolutely right. And that's what some of the problems are. They, they find out because actually, I mean, with the juvenile side, we see it starting at a young age because we get 18 year olds, uh, 17 year olds that are depending on the crime that they do, they'll be automatically extradited to across the street, which is the criminal, the, the adult criminal courts. And they already know the system. They know they they know their rights. They know how to get around everything. And they if they don't get prosecuted, it's crazy. And Kim, you're absolutely right. It has to catch up with some of that stuff. I mean, John Kindervag was very successful, and I give him a lot of credit for at least getting an executive order out there for cybersecurity. But it's only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I was told by the because I worked with Sasa, you know, a couple of projects here, unfortunately, and I, I could tell you that. 
there's a there's a lot of disconnect between the government. You know, FBI gets involved, but FBI's really focused. You may not know this, but they're more focused on the human trafficking part, which is a huge issue, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of that stuff's coming through the internet. There's been people that have been prosecuted, you know, for downloading videos and not knowing there's child pornography behind it, as an example. And and you know, they just on the tech side, they just don't know enough. I mean, they're they're trying to get up to speed on it, but they they can't get there fast enough because a lot of the Homeland Security guys, yeah, they're ex-police officers, they're ex-FBI, they're ex, you know, different, they have different levels of training, but they do have investigative techniques. And um, there's tools out there that they use, and some of those tools are very rudimentary. That's where, you know, they almost have to have a better IT background to accomplish some of these things. Yeah, there's, I'm, I'm actually talking, I'm friends with somebody that runs an organization that helps uh, parents of struggling teens. And I'm going to be on his podcast because, you know, these parents don't understand what this human trafficking that, you know, there's a very, very bad website out there. It's called UBO. It's like UB. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a Tinder for like teenagers, but there's all kinds of men posing as, oh, sure. you know, boys and, you know, I've had some uh, I've had some government agency people on this show that we've talked about the you know how horrible the human trafficking is, and once that happens, it's about a one percent recovery rate. And yes. these parents really, really need to be careful and watch their kids' devices because yes. it, it is such a scary thing. It's, it's a trust thing that the, the parents trust that the device is going to you know it's not going to it's like they're they almost view it as a TV show, like a kid, like a Sesame Street. Like, oh, they're not going to have that bad of content on there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got YouTube on. You have YouTube Kids that kind of filter some stuff out. But sometimes you watch some of those shows; they slide something in there that you don't know about because you're. Th- and most of the content is good, and it's you know, it's the parents are just trying to substitute a computer with TV time is what it is, and that's what they don't understand the implications. That they don't even know how to protect their own networks. I mean, their own. I mean, they're hooking everything up to the internet because they think it's cool. I, I mean, I don't hook my washer and dryer up for obvious reasons. I don't need to know when I close it down because I don't want to fold them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear you. Just to take a minute and just a shout out to some of our guests, uh, Jonathan Kimmett, he's uh, he's a CISO over at the University of Tulsa. And you'll like what he's doing, Ron, because he's got uh, he's got his SOC team are the students that are going through the cybersecurity program. So oh, great. That's Such, awesome. I always want to shout him out. He 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 hosts this show. He helps me out when I'm on the road. So thanks, Jonathan. And then a few others, Angela Williams out there. So anybody, you know, I know we have lots of people that are on the show right now. Thanks for tuning in. But um, I'll send it, uh, you know, just again. And some people were asking about the name of that show. And it is, it's called The Web of Make-Believe Death Lies in the Internet. It is really intriguing. And, um, and there's some... There's some good books out there now. You know, I have the, you know, I have some of the greatest speakers, you know, that speak at my events and speak on the show. And I know that Steve Morgan just put a book out there and it's like the best hacker shows to watch. So it's kind of interesting to go, you know. You know, some of the crimes haven't changed, honestly, as far as they, they've just gone digital. I mean, this stuff started, I mean, oh, there were highly more, you know, when the phone, cell phones first came about, I mean, there were highly mechanics that were hacking the cell phones and cloning them. I mean, it, this is nothing new. It's just, they're just not up to date on everything. I get a lot of education from just, you know, cause it is part of the process when we detain some of the kids that are bad because they violated an adult law. I mean, they really think they know what they're doing. So it's interesting just to hear them out and, and watch what they do 
and see what they, and then you have an idea of how they're, how they're doing things. Um, it's, it's fascinating stuff. It so, is. And, and, and the, um, you know, the zero trust, I mean, that's, it, it goes all the way back to the kids on their yeah. phones. I mean, yeah. it's just, it, there should be a class in every single grammar school about zero trust, you know. I can tell you, I, I started offering classes, and this is like four or five years ago for just the uh, senior citizens. And they tried to, you know, so I had one of the marketing profs that was talking about different things. And I, once they found out I knew all about the cell phones, they were all swarming on on it because they didn't understand anything. Um, and it, it's it's just, you do, you have to spend a lot of time educating I think it comes down to the parents that they knew what was going on. It would scare the heck out of them. <laughs> yeah. This, this most, most of them don't find out until it's too late. And no, until it's the after the fact. And the, and the trafficking thing, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to re, 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 you know, go roundabout with that, but it's it's more of a problem than you think because um, they're able to use technology to get to people. And with people being on constantly, I mean, as an, as an example, I mean, the last the recent status, there's 330 billion emails they expect to fly through this year. I mean, how do you protect wow. against all that stuff? I mean, how do you put up a shield for that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get you get email. I mean, that's why that's why that's why a lot of phishing, email and phishing is the number one uh, problem because you know it's just you're just human. And boy, when they get when they get, a, I mean, I could sh show a ton of examples, and I'm going to on the July event uh, of about the. Uh, the different things they try to package together and they, they try to put you to trust that people said they have, I've almost clicked on it. And I'm like, Oh my God, here we go. We're going down. <laughs> and, right. and, it, and it's just, it's a, it's the basic things. It's, and then if you get the zero trust, I mean, it's, it's just, it got, comes down to, and it ties in with the kids part. I mean, the protect, what's your protect service? Who are you trying to protect? Well, we all have kids. And even if you don't, you have, you got grandkids, you got nieces and nephews, you got to, that's our protect surface. <laughs> we got to protect them. And okay. now, even with the little kids, I, I have right. grandkids that I have two twins that are four, and they're showing me they're on their iPads because, yes. hey, mom, you know, has two twins and they're boys, you know, so they do get yeah. iPad time. They're showing me I had no idea that there was YouTube for little kids yes. and it they, they're kind of they're banned from that now well, but yeah. there's some really bad stuff on there there is it and if you do a search for girl scouts you want to see what happens i'm not going to do it but i mean it's just wow they, just the things that you can find and, and you know that's that's in essence that's what we're trying to protect i mean they know that the parents aren't up to speed i mean that's why they, that's what these these uh, threat actors have figured out bad actors have figured out you know we're naive we just expect it to work it's like you know you expect to have a timex i mean i call it government like like but they buy a timex watch you know they expect to just have to go change the battery and it still works you don't have to update anything and it's like it's totally opposite a lot of companies like that too diana yeah diana sal salazar sorry diana um if I messed your last name up, she said Proofpoint uh, with competent, they have complimentary modules and fishing training. So that's good to know. You know, um, I know no before has a lot, you know, good training as well. Um, and again, she's saying ensure backups are air gapped, but people might not know what that means. So why don't you, and why don't you interpret that and tell us what that okay, means? Sure. What, what basically the, the backup part backups, Ensure that. Um, let me let me define a little bit better. Just give me one second. Um, the backup should be 
it means they should be offline. Now, if you can get your backup from online, then somebody else can get it. Okay, it's just a safety net. But you got to make sure that they work. You got to. I mean, we we did it. You know, we got we got ransomware. We didn't get we didn't pay it, but they nailed our email server back in 19, 2019. Now, what happened was is uh, we ended up uh, we ended up instituting backup on our main. We have a court court management uh, system that we use, and uh, it took him three days to restore it. Okay, three days. Now that's three days court time, rescheduling everything, and it, it, you know that that's not that bad. Um, but we dissect, you know, we if we learned from that and said, okay, well, what do we need to do to solve this problem? And I'm not going to say what I did, but um, it's just you got to make sure the backups work. Now that's just to bring your systems back up, but it's really not going to help you as far as the, when they do the data mitigation part. Um, when they start to use your data and leverage it against you, I mean, this, if they get grab proprietary secrets i mean there's a case like 10 years ago where a, a fluorescent light manufacturer decided to put their stuff online because he had his computer in the back office so the chinese got a hold of it and put his 800 number on on the boxes when they bought it from china and so he got all the calls he won the case later on but he lost all his, his all his uh, proprietary uh, knowledge and you know if the people are going to do that i mean the company you know they're just going to go go profit from it and it's but the, the backups are, are a whole other issue. And that's why companies are paying because some, some backups might take eight months to accomplish with all the systems they got out there. I mean, I'm, we're on a smaller scale, but I mean, we're still pretty large. I mean, we service communities, taxes, all that kind of fun stuff, law enforcement. It, but it, it's in the court systems. I mean, but it, it, it's just, you can't imagine a big company that's global and it's got you know, tr truckloads of servers they have to keep bring back up. And, you know, there's just not enough out there to, to do it. And the whole idea is, is that you have something that you can bring it is, is the most important piece I should say to make it really simple is you stop, you want to get stop them from getting access to begin with. And that applies back to the kids again. I mean, stop them from getting access to your children, stop them from getting access to your important data, put it somewhere where you can't find it. Okay. If yeah. I have something in my file cabinet, right? You can't find it. You don't know what's in it. Right, exactly. And Jonathan Kimmett, you know, he brought up going back to the kids as an industry, we need to do a better focusing on cybersecurity and attack awareness at the individual and home level. Yeah. Then it becomes part of human nature. Going back to that whole Netflix series, I was so right. glad to see it's on mainstream Netflix. And hopefully a lot of parents will watch it because one segment was about, you know, teenage girls that were getting extorted, you know, with nude photos over, you know, and being held hostage. And it was a great story. And hopefully that wakes some parents up. Exactly. Cause they're embarrassed. I mean, think about it, you know, cause mm -hmm. they're embarrassed by it. I mean, everybody's done the whole thing before you, before cameras were invested, I'll show you mine. You show me yours. I mean, mm -hmm. play doctor or whatever. I mean, it's just a normal kid thing. And then they're embarrassed by it. And they use that embarrassment to extort them. And, the, and they don't know how to handle those kind of uh, adult emotions and, Right. And, 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 and these young kids just don't understand what you put out there is not going away, you know? So, no, so no, this needs not. to be started at the grammar school level yeah, and yes. how many years is it going to take, you know? Years. Yeah. And then, uh, Diana just gave us the link to the, uh, CISA.gov. So thank you for that. And then uh, Jonathan said uh, organizations need to make sure they can recover from their backups all the way back to full production. Correct. I was in disaster recovery 30, 25, 30 years ago. 
and one large big company, <laughs> well, I should say Aon, and I, I, I was fighting the whole time then. What happens if something blows up? Oh, we're not worried about it. I said, sure, you should be. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know, most people can't run on uh, I ran into a gentleman on a plane that didn't say the company was on a board, but they ordered like 1,100 fax machines and fax lines and started doing stuff by paper. Well, we were we were a lot safer when it was paper. You know? No, no, I, I mean, I was a big advocate for, uh, you know, this whole uh, device, the, the uh, convergence with, uh, oh, I could put my GPS on there and I have to carry a camera now and maybe I could check my emails and I got my phone book on there. I mean, start with the Palm Pilots. I used to just like to have my address book in there. That was basically it. But um, I've used all the technology before and unfortunately uh, it's killing me. <laughs> and now, now I just want a pager. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, the day of the pager. Yeah. Diana said 15 to 20% of our data is active. Try to use that subset for rapid recovery. Very true. It's very true. It's uh, We all know what the issue is. We all talk about it, but it's really hard to implement. And especially those CISOs that are working for big organizations have their hands full. I mean, just because it's, it's just a fight. And the and you know the real issue, the real issue with a lot of the uh, CISOs is that you have to have some people skills, and I'm going to call it out. I mean, some of you, you know, you're not used to that. You used to be in technology, you understand technology, just like you're an engineer. Engineers are the same way. I have friends that are engineers. I mean, I get a party with them, they keep talking engineering talk, and I says, no, 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 that's enough for you. So <laughs> you just have to, you have to get people to understand. I'm, I'm using it as an example. Be funny about it, but it's uh, it's true. You have to relate to other people. I mean. I don't think CISOs really understand the importance of their position. I mean, you got a financial guy, you got the operating officer, you got the, you know, the CFO operating officer, the chief marketing officer, the HR guy. I mean, think about the CEO can't run without him. I mean, without, without, he can't do it. So he's relying on you as a technology guy to come up with the solutions. And yes, you're going to be like in the Top Gun movie. You know, what did he prove? I mean, if you saw the movie, basically he proved he had all the, he had the best pilots best pilots there and they say who's going to teach us well the old man comes in basically uh tom cruise and says i'm gonna to have to show you so he tries to do it and they keep blocking them and this happens to us you know at the executive level we keep getting blocked people put up these roadblocks for us we know what needs to be done but just doesn't we just don't get it so the so so if you if you kind of watch the movie it's actually pretty good it's really good so you'll see he gets and then he gets chewed out by a supervisor who didn't like him because he had protect because a lot of times You'll have protection from the, you know, from the uh, chairman and, you know, the CEO may not agree with it. And you may have a good relationship with that, with the chairman. And he knows that you know what you're doing. But then if he goes, then you got no air cover, as you call it. And we've all run across this. I know, you know, if we're all honest, do we, even when you're working for a manager, if your manager isn't any good, you, you have no air cover. And you're just going to get shot down. So there's a lot of similarities with that. But guess what happens in the end? They put him in as the lead. He takes it, shows them you can do it. That's what we have the job of doing as CISOs. I mean, as, as CTO, technology officers, whatever you want to call us. We got the, We have to take some of those hard lines and we got to show them and we got to ex explain it to them. This isn't, this isn't an afterthought. And you can't talk tech. I mean, it's just, and I keep reiterating this and I'm not, you have to explain it in simple terms that people understand it. And it's, it's not the technology, it's people. Let's face it, any, anybody anybody who works with you in your organization, it could have been stopped if you run supply chain and there's a supply chain guy that has old methodologies and you can't change them, well, sometimes you got to get rid of them because you got to change. And and sometimes they don't want to change. And I could tell you, I, I can write a book on change management right now 
and you guys would all be glued to it for at least an hour. Okay, not more than that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, government's all about change management. I mean, they get you ask people why they do it, and they say, "I don't know. I've always done it this way, and nobody shows anybody anything." And and then you know you just don't know what. And they, you know that's that's the whole. I mean, that's a whole zero trust principles. I mean, they're just you got to tie it to the business. That's what I reiterate. You got to understand the business aspect of it, but and you got to. You know, what John said, there's the four things, right? Design from the inside out. You got to know your data applications, assets, and services. You got to know what you offer. So you got to know what to protect. All right. Determine who determine who needs access, what access. I have I handle physical security. Okay. I can see at any point in time if they have a if you have a badge, what time you went in, what time you left out. You know, so it's um I can see it there. Now, I, I don't understand at the technology side why I can't see who's on there. I mean, that's asset, man. I worked for CompuCom Systems back in the day, and we had a big team just to rely on an asset management. Most of the companies had no idea where their machines were at. I mean, on now, I'm sure with the deployments, I'm sure most of the companies don't even know where half their equipment's at. Maybe more than that. Maybe only a quarter of their equipment. They don't know where it's at. But that's that's all all has system access and everything else. And then we're doing, I know us as, you know, my peers, we're doing a, we're trying to do the best job we can. But I mean, honestly, it's getting hard. And then, of course, and I could tell you from the FBI and CISO working with them, the first thing they ask you for is to see your see your logs, inspect and, and log all traffic. The four design principles. That's it. It's very simple. This stuff is very simple, but we've overcomplicated it because if you go to some now, and I'm going to go into the vendors part of it just to kind of segue into that. Um, you know, there's like one thought, according to, and I have Richard Stinnon coming there on the 20th, you know, he puts together that security yearbook. Now, he, he's got 1,567 security vendors, and that's based on, we have a population of 331,000, and that gives us 4.73 million, uh, 4.73 vendors per million people. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. So how do you pick, right? How do you pick? I mean, I know Chase and John have been out there trying to, like, you know, vet some of those vendors to find out what they actually do because everybody says there's zero trust. Um, so <laughs> I see somebody on there, John Kim, it sounds like it could help with any role. This I justify the being psychology. If you guys saw the social dilemma, by the way, um, that movie, um, you know, the, they, there's the guy, the guys that actually started like Facebook and, and Google and, and all the big technology companies. They, a lot of my MIT degrees in psychology. So anyway, I think that's an interesting comment that somebody put up there. Well, so, it's funny that Jonathan Kimmett said the best thing he ever did as a uh, CISO was take an acting class to learn how to be, <laughs> be who I needed to be in front of people. Wouldn't right. that also be what the, the BSOs are doing now? Isn't yes. that, you know? Yes. yes. That's the whole and, idea. But that's why they put a, another title because you need to understand the business first. You got to understand what they do, how they do it, how they, how, you know, basic the process flows, how well it works. You got to understand from the business side. You, you can't apply the technology, and you got to realize what the obstacles are with people. There's some people that just, just aren't going to do it. I mean, I could tell you from the government side. I can only imagine from the government side because you've got employees that are there for oh. retirement. They're going to retire there. So they're going to retire there. They've yeah. been politically appointed. They sometimes have no skill set at all. I mean, if I told you some of the inside stuff, you guys would be like, you got to be kidding me. You're lucky your tax payment gets applied, right? Okay. So just be <laughs> thankful. And that, and that when you call 911, that they actually pick up the call and answer, come, come respond to you. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's that's going back to that Netflix series. It talked a yeah. lot about that, you know, mm -hmm. just just it's how our government. Um, yeah, it's they're yeah. just slow to change, and it's it's just very hard, and it's. I was in the Navy, so I get it. You know, I spent yes. six years active and like four years in the reserve. So I know that, you know, it, it's it's not something that happens overnight. And it's, you know, we had a lot of, I worked on a, a air base that we worked with government employees. And, you know, there was 50,000 ropes that you had to do just to take vacation. So, you oh, know. Yeah. Well, it's like that here. Oh, yeah. I, it's like that here. <laughs> just say, oh, because you're, because I'm, I'm, I'm called the essential employee. I'm like. How did I get that title? <laughs> so I like, That's I, funny. I, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, nobody else is essential. <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, I, I feel flattered by it, but I mean, I get, I mean, I, I'm part of building and planning too. Anything, my theory, uh, from what I see, they, they, the, the thinking is just so you guys understand it, or everybody, if it's connect, if there's a computer connected to it, they, it falls under the IT realm. Okay, just you know, so you got you got fire alarm systems. You got uh, you got all the you know door security systems, electromagnetic locks, all that kind of fun stuff, and you're like, you got to be kidding me! I didn't know I was this electrical engineer, but now I am. So it, it's um, so it's it's interesting. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating. But I mean, those are the kind of things you deal with. But I, but I mean, getting back to the vendors, I mean, you got we got to have some place that vets them. I mean, I've been on the selling side, I've been on the buying side, and I can tell you that you learn a lot when you're on the buying side again because you're like, you're confusing me. Um, so that's why I think that, uh, you know, somebody that's actually putting together all these stats, uh, it's, it's, very, it's very helpful. Now, the other, the other thing I'm going to segue into is, is that the, um, we all have a resource issue, right? I mean, we are short, oh, my gosh, like, uh, I, I, there's, there's a, uh, uh, a website called cyberseek.org, okay, and it kind of gives you, and I'm going to pull my stats from here. There's 714,548 job openings. There's one, a little over 1 million employed in cybersecurity. Um, now, but the problem becomes is that there's a disconnect between HR and IT, okay? And what that disconnect is is that you don't really explain the position. So now I'll give you an example. Right off this site, this isn't. These aren't my numbers. So there's about, according to the site, there's 94,807 CISSP professionals, which takes what five years experience to get minimum, right? Now the openings that are requesting a CISSP is 137,140. Now where are they going to come from? That's what I want to know. Where are you going to get them from? Okay, there's, you know, there and there's. 213,000 people with uh, 213.8,000 people with CompTIA Security Plus, and there's 94,000 openings requiring the certification. So, I mean, there's a disconnect between what you're building as requirements, and unfortunately, you know, we as technology people are swamped with everything, right? So, what happens is, is we don't spend the time with our HR people to, to basically go in and say exactly what we need. Um, there's a lot of program, two-year programs out there. Uh, there's one local here, uh, University of Illinois Chicago, because I'm really close to Chicago, and they get a 97% placement rate. Um, there's, other, or, there's other universities out there that have some really darn good programs together that are getting them some, enough of a basic skill set that they can come on the job at least and hit the ground running because, I mean, 
think about one other thing. When you start to put a lot of requirements in for certifications, what, do, you, do you think those threat actors took any certifications? Do you think they have any degrees? Are you kidding me? They just found out what the flaws were and they passed the information along amongst themselves. So, you know, the, the job descriptions, we all know you can look at the job descriptions up there. They're very poorly written. They're just pasted and copied to something else. Um, there's lack of work uh, knowledge in, in itself. What, what exactly is being done? What, what, what skill set do you really need? Um, and there's, there's, uh, it, it's, it, it's just, it's just amazing to me how much, how much we've, um, lost sight of, you know, our, our most important resources of people. We just got to spend a lot more time doing it. And, and look what Jonathan just said, you know, they're wanting a CISSP yes. uh, for entry level jobs. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's my point. It's like, you can't do it. The, how are they going to get the experience? And then you got you got people that are coming in that have taken a cybersecurity program and they can't find a job when they see why. Because, you, again, it's like t getting tied up in a government process. Um, they can't find a way in. They don't know what to do. And it's like, I don't understand. So it's like you're allowing the HR department. I, they'll work with you. I mean, I've had success in the past working directly with HR and able to recruit some really top people. And it's only because I've taken the time and spent it with them, even though I didn't have it. I mean, you think for one second, I have a lot of time. I mean, I'm like all the rest of you. We don't have, I got, as soon as I walk in the door and even before I walk out the door, I mean, that's why I don't like a cell phone. Because <laughs> <Anyway, laughs> yeah. it's like electronic tether. But um, not that I'm flattered by it, man. I'm flattered that, you know, they want my help and everything, but I'm only one guy, you know, I, I can only do so much. But, so how uh, do you, you know, this is kind of off, off. Our topic, but it is a it is a question we bring up a lot at our events at um, our CISO uh, panels. How are you balancing the life of a CISO and your you know your your life at home, home life, and the life well, of a CISO? Well, here's the interesting part is because I got dual roles here, so I get to handle all the technology part, and I have to. They they come to me and ask me, you know, is this the right thing? We should go to this and everything. I all I I've actually done. I've actually trusted people. <laughs> give them as much and all I, I pass it along I, I i just can't if i don't i i spread the wealth is what i call it, and that's why i i'm very thankful that you even got me on this call i try to share the knowledge i know i hold nothing back i try to share as much as i can because i try to pass it on because i learn more as i go and i my only success has been is sharing information <laughs> yeah jonathan puts on our balance what is that <laughs> i i've i've um Oh, here's another by Trent. I see it. And Trent, yeah, he's he's an um, information security officer. So go ahead, read yeah, his. He's, yeah. he's what about college university teaching cyber with professors who haven't been in the field for five to ten years? I know that. Uh, that's why I, I, I think there's a need, and I'm glad you brought that up, Trent. I'm going to share this with you. I and I'm going to. That's why that's that's my topic. We need, really need a god. We need a cyber school. I mean, we really do. We really do. Those people that were in the trenches, I mean, that's why I teach part-time. I don't make a lot of money doing it. I do it to share the knowledge because I, somebody's got to share them because by the time the books are published, a lot of these professors are tenured, and I'm not going to bash my colleagues on that end, but you're, if you're not in the field and you're not doing it, you don't know it. I mean, I hate to say it, and we all know this. So it, it, I'm just being real about it. And, you know, I, I like to share because, you know, who, when I teach it to the students, it's like, is this what's really happening? Absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, just if you base it just on the actual uh, ransomware part of it, yeah, they were just 
trying to lock your systems down, but now they're trying to extort you and you know expose your information. That's how they're getting you. They're trying to figure out the ways to get you to pay. Do they know that if they haven't been out in the field? No, they don't. Okay, so it, it's it's us, and I I I I would suggest I suggest um you know going out there and go with the local university and offer to teach a class. I mean, you're not going to get paid a lot for it, but offer to do it. It's hard to get in. I swear to God, it is. But once you get in, I mean, come in as a guy. I, I, I will, I will challenge you that. I will teach a class, and I will bring once they start to go more live. You're more than welcome to contact me. I will bring you in, and you can talk about it, and you can talk about what really happens. And we have, you know, we have great CISOs like Jonathan that's out there, and then there's uh, George Finney. He's out of, um, he's a C, yeah, he's out of uh, SMU, yes. and uh, yes. and he writes lots of great books. He Is he, he in the classes? I don't know. He's going to be a guest. I think he's here next week, next Friday, because he just had another new book. But again, you know, kudos to all of you CISOs that are sharing your knowledge with these poor kids that are going through a four year degree and then they can't get a job, but yet the cyber industry is like, we need more people. Well, the funny part is I taught a finance class too. And I thought, I told them how, to, how you gotta, how, how you manage your money basically on a personal finance side, you know, so invest in yourself, but invest the right way. Don't get a, don't get a degree in art history. You can do that later on. You can do a side gig, right? Who cares? Um, just get something that's gonna pay you, you know, so you understand, most people don't understand finance either. So I'm trying to do, I was doing that for quite a while too. I mean, cause a lot of, a lot of, unfortunately IT guys don't understand the, the um, you know, the cost of everything and, and the impact on the business and that kind of stuff. So I, I, uh, there is a Trent put another message up here saying, is there a movement for adjunct professor? There is because they're actually, um, the tenure professors, you know, you see, if you see a lot of buildings, a lot of universities putting a lot of buildings in, they have to find a way to fund those things. <laughs> honestly so yeah, um that's the problem with the schools is the money and the jonathan money. yeah jonathan said he's teaching cybersecurity for a small business at our local right. community college but i bet you're not getting rich over that jonathan oh, no. you no. know you're just getting you're already so busy i can't believe you're doing that but kudos to you for doing that you know yes, i give kudos to anybody that goes out there like i do and you probably think i'm probably half crazy or something but you know it's like if you don't share the wealth how are they going to find out and You'd be surprised at how much people share with you because I got, I got returning students in mine and from before that nurses that worked with, you know, the uh, the back end systems like Epic and all scripts and all those. And when I was doing the information systems and, you know, you hear all the real horror stories of what's going on and people actually use it. So it's, you know, you get a lot of great feedback. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's I, I will say it's tough to get in and try to get them to trust you, but. Because, I mean, they are going to feel, yes, he comments, it's worth time to improve the industry. And 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 I agree with him. Like like me doing the show, Jonathan helps me on it. And it's yeah. really hard to do the show because I have all these events and yes. full time. But I don't want to give it up because no. I get so many great speakers like you and I get to share the wealth with all the people. They may not be on LinkedIn live right now, but we get thousands of people sure. that listen to, that will listen to this. And then on the radio side, you know, we get thousands of people you know, because, listening. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's great what you do, Kim. And that's why I've actually, you know, I'll, I'll come for you spur of the moment because I think what you're doing is a good thing because more of a grassroots effort versus you have these big cyber conferences and they have a bunch of people talk up there and you can barely hear them. And they all want to talk about what they're doing and how well they're doing it. It's like, I don't, you know, I don't need to hear. It's like going for me going to the cosmetics counter. It's like, okay, I got wrinkles now. And now what do I do? 
Scream <laughs> out, right? Okay, well, it didn't work. <laughs> so so it's like, you know, it's just the way it works, you know. So they, you know, like, you know, so they understand the drill, but it's just, it's just too hard to comprehend. And I want, you know, it's just, you know, it's like people that try to connect with you on LinkedIn, right? They connect with you because they see your name or they do something else. Well, what do you want to connect with me for? I mean, what can I, you know, at least give me some kind of reason for it. Like I, I understand what you're saying, or I want to understand a little bit more what you know, that kind of thing. You don't do it. I just want to connect. Oh, thanks a lot. Eh, great. But I can't keep up with everybody, right? <laughs> so you're, you're doing a great job, Kim. So thank you, Jonathan, for your nice comment. Thanks, Jonathan, for helping helping me out when I get in a jam. And anybody out there that wants to help me out and you yes. know be a co-host, um, I, I'm always because I wish I had time to do this every single Friday. So um, yes. we're working on it. We're pretty full for July, so that's good. But again, it's just. Um, it, it's exciting to be back out there. Shows are getting more crowded. People are coming back out. We did virtual for two years and we had packed virtual shows, but it's so nice to, and that's again, sharing the wealth. We, we bring speakers like you guys and Jonathan and Trent. Trent just sat on a panel that we had in Denver and uh, mm -hmm. with the uh, infamous uh, Chris Roberts was our keynote speaker. Oh, and, uh, okay. Yeah. We, we weren't able to uh, post that on our YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> we, we put that, we put up all of our speakers on our YouTube channel. So anyone that wants to hear of that uh, past speakers can go there. But unfortunately we couldn't put Chris Roberts up there <laughs> it was fun so anyway and he has a lot to say too and yet he comes from the other side because he was the hacker you know oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so very very interesting and you know it's um going back to vendors a little bit how is the government i always i you know how are you guys on your contracts how fast are you moving forward with putting language in there that you're not stuck with a vendor that may have a breach? You know, d does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Um, we don't, we don't have a lot of external vendors that are tying into our systems. I mean, if there's any, we, we, we aren't, you know, like, you know, the, the all started, you know, with the target break in and the, it was external vendor from heating and cooling. I've, I've basically um, told them that you're not getting access, period. You're out. I mean, unless you need, you physically come in here and you hook up, I'm not doing remote access. I mean, I'm just trying to, because I can't trust anything, right? I mean, you know, and I've gotten to that. And a, a lot of the contracts have changed where um, there's clauses in there. I mean, the fortunate thing that we have here, I work, I'm more lean on the court side is I got a lot of judges and I know a lot of attorneys, so they don't tend to want to fight that one. <laughs> well, mean, that's good. Yeah, because it helps. I, I swear to God, it helps because I got you know we got tie-ins to you know Indiana Supreme Court and you know the, the, the Indiana Bar Association. So I mean, I, I I'm fortunate that I'm well respected, so uh, I can get backed up. <laughs> well, but but not everybody can. Yeah, no, I, 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 I do know a lot of the government, the municipalities, some friends of mine that you know run different ones in different states and. Um, they're yeah. stuck, you they're know, stuck. they're stuck because they got sold a bill of goods and they're sticking on it. And, uh, you know, to, and that's why they're at a disadvantage because again, they just don't know. And there's an, I mean, they're really, I'm not, I am working on this. I am working on a cyber program. I'm trying to do it here locally. And if they don't do it, I'm going to do something else. Um, I mean, it's going to be a cyber school, something to that effect. But I'm going to do it for executives and municipalities just so they have a, I'm giving them a basic understanding so you don't get overwhelmed with all the details because it takes time to understand it. 
I think it's important just to, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I'm, I'm really an advocate for just sharing, like, again, I'm back to sharing the knowledge and sharing as much knowledge as I have. In it, and there are a bunch of, um, there are smarter people than me out there. I don't, you know, I don't say that there's, but I'm trying to at least, I mean, that's why I, I was fortunate enough to meet John Kinderbag and Chase, you know, and I just, I just know to go to the top and try to find the people that are trying to drive some change and try to take the baton and try to share it with them because they know it's hard. I heard that Chase and John, I just saw this on social media and they were pretty funny together out at RSA right. when they did this talk. They're about to have this um, comedy road show that they're going to do. So anybody out there that's um, in San Diego, uh, <laughs> Chase volunteered to come be our keynote speaker yes. in San Diego. Um, and he's great, but he's like, if I can go to San Diego, you know, he, I, I'm going. <laughs> if I could find one of the pictures that he put, he put himself on his, you know, cause he's got a motorcycle. He put himself like some of the protections that are out there. He put this, like, it wasn't really a, you know, one of those one man kind of thong type bikinis on his bike to give him, you know, look like a, it was hilarious to see a guy like him <laughs> on a spike. And that's what some of the protections that you have now. And I was like, <laughs> Cause just some of the examples he uses, he's funny. <laughs> so, um, Well, um, Jonathan said, count me in if you need some help. Would love to help spread the security, spread yeah. security and privacy. Well, you're doing it, Jonathan. I mean, you're, you're doing it. I don't, I don't know how he keeps a balance between his CISO role and, uh, his home life. So, uh, Good job for everything you're doing. We're we're getting close to. I think uh, we still have a few more minutes. So, um, if you had to, um, if there was one message of, you know, we we've kind of been all over the place today. But when you said um, Top Gun, you know, cyber school time to rip the bandaid off. You know, if you had to define that in you know one minute, how are you going to rip that bandaid off? We're going to start all trying to be honest with what's really going on. And, and share amongst each other and, 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 and share it with, and be real about everything. And uh, I think that that's, it's time to, I, there's too many conferences out there um, that are, there's just want to talk about everything. And in a nutshell, I just want to make it that it's, it's time to, we're going to take, we should all assemble us the best of the best and make everybody the best of the best. Cause look, I am tired of getting, I don't want us as, us as a country to get, we're getting our lunch money stolen. I mean, I'm tired of those millions or billions or whatever the number they're coming up with nowadays. Why do they get to take that money? We could use it for our own. I mean, we, we spread enough of the wealth across the world. Um, so, I mean, we may not be, in some cases, we might be as technologically advanced, even though we think we are, but I'll be darned, and I, that's why I'm equating this to the Gun movie. You know, the F-18 itself wasn't the most sophisticated aircraft out there, but it outmaneuver anything. It's not a Generation 5. That's where we're at. You know, we've got people stealing our stuff left and right, and I think that it's it's important. I think we have a lot of smart – there's a lot of smart people on this call. There's a lot of smart people out there, and we all have to stick together and um, and make the best of this because we can do it. I mean, we've – the United States has been an innovator for decades. I mean – just as I shared, there's 35 chips in one of the Russians, uh, Russians missiles, and it just blows my mind. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah, you know, and it's, it, it's good to see that just from what Trent said, from state to state. You know, you're in Indiana. You know, Jonathan's in uh, uh, where's Tulsa, <coughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I went, yeah, and then Trent said in Colorado, they're trying to start a real push in. 
um, the freshman year in high school by making coding a foreign language, yeah, getting exactly. kids involved in cyber. These kids don't know they can go make a lot of money in Absolutely. cyber. You know, and they think Absolutely. it's boring. And, um, you know, I have oh, an 18-year-old daughter that doesn't know what she wants to do. And she's on the computer all the time. I'm like, you need to be a coder. <laughs> you know, she, I need her to do that so she can go right. not live off me, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, exactly. You want your kids off the payroll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so. They like to stay on, and I would do it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> all right. Know. We just have to, I think there's still that stigma, you know, in, in our industry that it's boring and it's, it's a yes. pretty fun industry to be in tech. actually. It's tech. That's what it is. It's technology and it's, oh, I, I don't know these things and I'm, I'm, I don't know math. I don't know technology. That's wrong. And, and, and really cook, what are you teaching over at IU? I'm teaching, uh, um, advanced uh, microcomputer classes and, and introductory microcomputer classes at that level. Um, I was teaching all the, the overview was management information systems as a whole, but I've, I've mainly focused on the computer science and I'm trying to put the, uh, I, I, embellish, I, I incorporate cybersecurity in each one of my courses, regardless of what it is, but I've kind of focused it. That's awesome. My daughter is a graduate from IU, working okay. in New York City, has a good Great. paying job. So that IU awesome. education yes. paid off. Great. So big fan of IU. Yeah, and it's I'm t I I you know the, the the thing that they just released to us. I don't know. They have the big red supercomputers. They say if you ask, if you have an application for it, you can actually run. Um, you can actually use the actual get some uh, time on the device to actually use it. So that's something I've been trying to noodle around. So. Um, you know, again, back to developing some kind of application. I don't, I don't like developing applications, but I can troubleshoot it. But, but it's yeah. uh, there's a lot of different things that the universities are starting to open up with now. So. Well, that's awesome, and uh, hopefully, if there's anyone out there that's in Indiana, you guys can uh, come to our event that's on July 20th. Because not only will um, Ron be the keynote speaker, we have a really fun at all of our events. We have a fun at, at, at the end of the day, we move over to the vendor room, open the bar, and we have a hour CISO panel discussion, just talking about, you know, your challenges, you know, the challenges of the CISO and your everyday threats that you're experiencing and how to stay ahead of everything. And I'm excited for you to uh, be part of that. And because we're down to about two minutes, well, we're down to one minute. So, um, Ron, how do I say your last name the right way? Zakowski. I did it right then. You did it right. Okay. You okay. didn't have to see the shirt, by the way. Maverick. Maverick. All yeah. right. Well, Ron Zakowski, CISO and CTO of Lake County Government. Thank you so much. I just asked Ron to be on the show yesterday mid-afternoon because um, I my guest that I had had something else come up because that's what happens with CISO. So Ron was kind enough to uh, say that he would come on the show. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, check us out if you're in the Florida area. We'll be out in Tampa next week. Uh, George Finney, I believe, is my guest next week. He's been on the show before. You definitely don't want to miss that. Everyone, thanks again. You guys all have an amazing weekend. Stay safe and stay secure, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into And Security for All. Be sure to join your host, Kim Hakem, for another episode of the show next Friday at noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. And don't forget, you can follow Kim on LinkedIn by searching for Kim Hakem. That's Kim, H-A-K-I-M. 
to keep yourself posted on all of her upcoming cybersecurity events.